Men. What's something that would surprise women about life as a man? I'm a guy with kids and a wife who is a nurse that works nights. It's almost impossible for me to go to do stuff with them without someone saying something about daddy duty or mom got a free day today, huh? It's ridiculous. Not every male with a child out there is some deadbeat parent who only hangs out with their kids when they absolutely have to. As a single dad, I can relate. People act like I'm on some extreme adventure of babysitting, when in reality, I'm taking my two kids with me grocery shopping. I'm a single dad 24-7. It's my life. No biggie. My ex and I separated six weeks ago. Yesterday, I took my 14-month-old daughter to a parent and toddler group, and a woman there asked me if I was babysitting. I was absolutely frickin' livid, but I couldn't and wouldn't let on how I felt. I had to settle for, no, are you? No idea whether she got the message or not, but the look of confusion on her face was nice to see. This sort of post has come up in the past, and overwhelmingly, men say they don't get sincerely complimented often enough. So when it happens, it sticks with them for a long time. I had such an opportunity at the grocery store a week or so ago. A man was walking toward me, and I noticed he had a nice beard, so I decided to tell him I liked his beard. He smiled and touched it and said thank you. I feel like it was a small but good deed and I hope it sticks with him as the genuine compliment that it was. Bearded guy here, whenever I got complimented about my beard, mostly by men, a little flower opens up in my heart. We definitely enjoy compliments. I just got out of a four-year relationship and during some reminiscing thoughts, I realized she never once told me I looked nice or called me handsome or anything. I told her she was beautiful every day for four years and I don't even know if she found me attractive. I have high self-esteem, which is probably why I didn't notice it was going on until after we broke up. I learned a long time ago that no one is going to love me the way I love me. She was a good girl. I'm sure she didn't realize she was doing it. It sucks. I've been there. We're also the ones that are supposed to initiate doing the deed when we don't even know if our girl is attracted to us. I've never felt the same longing in my life that some of these gentlemen do, but it's definitely a valid one. Positive affirmation is never a bad thing, even if someone doesn't necessarily show how happy it makes them. Some of us are just bad at taking compliments, but they do appreciate them. The biggest turn-on for a guy is if she shows interest in you. That's seriously the number one thing on my list of things that makes women attractive to me. And that's a problem, because I often find myself in relationships that aren't healthy in the long term for me. But holy crap, when a girl shows interest, it's like all the other items on my list of things that are good for me when a partner is concerned go out the window. And I brush off and justify all the things I've literally internalized as bad for me. Like, for instance, a girl who isn't innately curious has no potential for me. And I know this, but if any girl shows interest, it's like, eh, give it another chance, it'll work out this time. It's different because she likes you a lot. Scumbag brain and scumbag pee-pee collude on a lot of this stuff. It's stuff like this that gets me some of the most. Constantly being the one who had to take the risk, put their foot forward first, take charge first. It's exhausting. Like, sometimes, couldn't you just decide where to go? Couldn't you sometimes initiate intimate moments? Couldn't you sometimes message me first? I finally found the girl who I think I match with damn near perfectly, but the communication is such a huge issue. It's exhausting, and if we don't fix it, this will stagnate, and I'll never feel like it's right. But she is an attractive girl in a world where her social media posts gets all of the attention, and as far as I can tell, all of her conversations are initiated by her friends. I don't think she understands what it's like on this end. She has a huge network of people interested in her. I'm just an average Joe with a few good friends and some acquaintances I'm friends with. We pretty much go through life unnoticed, save for negative attention. I've been going to a pet supply store for about a decade, and although I'm always greeted nicely, I'm generally left alone. 
I walked in with a baby in a carrier one day and I was greeted by everyone, and every single employee went out of their way to ask me what I was getting and if they could get it for me. I was fully capable of getting a 30-pound bag of dog food and the baby, but one employee simply wasn't having it. He ran back to grab the food and carried it to the checkout and then carried it to the car. I was shocked. I told my wife about it and she said, They do that every time you go there, don't they? Apparently, this is the customer service she receives every single time she goes there, or pretty much anywhere with decent customer service. She was shocked to hear that I didn't receive the same service. Me too. I love taking my 8-year-old daughter shopping because everyone is so nice and smiles at us. I'm a big scary guy, 6 foot 4, 280 pounds, so no one smiles at me when I'm alone. 1. How much we would like to feel wanted and not simply useful or needed. 2. How much pressure there is on us in terms of body image. We hear about all the crap women go through, but do you ever stop to think about all the eggplant size jokes? That alone can cause insecurity, and that doesn't even touch things like losing your hair, graying, muscle mass, etc. That we really do care a lot more than society says we do. We're just not allowed to show it because that's a sign of weakness, and we're taught at a young age that you have to put up a perfect image or no one will ever want you. The first point hits home for me. Sometimes I confide in my wife that I don't feel wanted, and she gives me a crooked look. She goes on to explain all the reasons I'm useful and needed in the household, but never expresses how or why I'm wanted. I like kids. Kids are funny, they like breaking rules to have fun, and they still have an imagination. I don't screw kids. Hell, I hardly screw adults either, but that's beside the point. A girl I went on a date with last week showed me a picture of this adorable little boy, her neighbor's son, and told me she sometimes goes to her neighbor's house just to see him. When I told her that I didn't think that would ever be the case for me, she seemed sad and asked why. Uh, I'm a guy. Hello, Susan. It would make my night if I could take your goofy six-year-old daughter out for ice cream. I've had a very depressing day. Uh, you can F off before I call the police. How's that? That works too. Have a nice night. See you never. It's the same for me. I always tickle fought my children and we're totally goofy. I just love children. They're clever and funny, cute, and have awesome imaginations. But no matter how cute somebody else's child is, I would never want to be alone with them or get into a tickle fight. You know, I almost put touch them on the last sentence, but in my mind I thought, oh man, that would be bad. When in my brain I was thinking, picking up a two-year-old and saying hi to them, society is sick. I volunteer at an after-school program. Every so often one of the kids, maybe 12 to 15 years old, will see me on the bus, run over and talk to me. And I'll feel the eyes of every single woman on the bus, making sure everything is cool there. I've had more than one woman ask, is he bothering you, honey? or switch seats so that they have a clearer view. I'm a clean-looking 34-year-old dude in a suit. That would never happen to a woman, and it's kind of sad. It's interesting, isn't it? Even as a guy who's worked with kids, I feel like I would make the same assumptions about seeing these guys do this, and I don't see how to change it on a societal level. Men have just as hard a time overcoming stereotypes as women. You, a woman, want to learn how to ride a motorcycle or want to be a programmer, and you don't want to be a housewife or spend all day cooking? Good for you! You, a man, don't want to cut the grass or learn to fix your car by yourself, and you want to spend all day cleaning the house and sewing pillowcases? Wake the F up and support your family. I get dirty looks any time I mention that my wife does the mowing and most of the raking, like I've failed as a husband. If anything, I've won as a husband. I've got a wife that loves me enough to do the hard, annoying work because she knows my allergies will knock me on my butt. Same with cooking. Oh, giving the wife a night off, eh? Hell no. I cook every night. She knows I hate doing the dishes, so we made a deal. Man, this angry rant made me feel good about my wife. <laughs> the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg actually described this pretty well. 
She said life as a man or woman is like running a marathon. With women, people from the sidelines are saying, you can quit whenever you want, it'll be okay, which signified lower expectations professionally. Whereas men, people from the sidelines are saying, you can do it, just finish, which signified people telling men to stay and keep going regardless, even if that's not ultimately what they wanted. It's hard not to want to disappoint or be judged by others. That metaphor really resonated with me because the pressure is pretty real on both sides for these really real reasons. My ex fell into a trap of unrealistic expectations. She told me outright that she couldn't stand the fact that I didn't know what she was thinking without her telling me. Do I look like a freaking mind reader? I'm not completely awful at taking subtle hints, but I'm only human. If you tell me you need to go to a certain store to pick up a certain thing, and you say it in passing and never bring it up again, how can you possibly be mad at me a week later for not having taken you to said store? Take yourself to the store. Wait for Christmas and I'll buy you that coat, because I'm not that clueless and I will remember. Married almost five years. Made a separate Etsy slash Amazon account for the husband. I go on there and make wish lists and never check the order history. Helped tremendously. One year I told him I need panties. I got 47 pairs for Christmas and nothing else. Dish towels for my birthday. Yeah. Wish lists save marriages. I remember my wife asked me years ago, Hey, get any compliments on your bald head? It was a drastic change, shaved head. She thought it fit my style. At the time, I only worked with guys. She looked amazed and shocked when I laughingly replied, Are you serious? I doubt anyone noticed. She thought I was heartbroken, but in reality, I would have been surprised if anyone did compliment. It's very rare to find a company or place of work that allows men to follow a seasonal dress code. It's really hot in the summer. Women can wear dresses or skirts. Men are still wearing suits. It would be nice to be able to wear a nice pair of shorts if it's really hot out. The company where I used to work allowed men to take off their ties if it was over 90 degrees in the office. Can't get more accommodating than that. Haven't seen this one yet. My girlfriend was absolutely bamboozled by the fact that our family jewels can be raised or lowered by flexing. I mean, she was speechless for a good three minutes. Just to clarify, it's the cremaster muscle. Imagine you are trying to cut a pea short, now hold that flexed muscle. This works best when it's hot out and balls are hanging low. You will see the jewels move upward all the way to the base of your girthy manhood. Wait, what? Be right back. It's been two hours. For God's sake, man, are you alright? He may have overclenched. Get the tongs! From my experience, women talk about the act of doing the deed with their friends much more and in much more graphic detail than men talk about the same subject with their guy friends. I guess my point is that men aren't as sleazy or gratuitous as most women make us out to be. Conversations with me and my dudes about doing the deed? Friend one. So how did things work out with her? Me. Oh yeah. Grins slightly. Dude. Nods in satisfaction. That's literally all there is to it. I mean, some men are still way too into trying to talk about the details of their encounters in the most graphic and disrespectful way possible, but my first man here is right in that they are in the minority. The complete and total lack of regard or value for our own lives, both internally and all too often externally. I don't mean to pick fights here, but when you hear about women and children first, men must register for the military draft, etc., it gets ingrained into you. You learn slowly but surely that your value is contingent upon what you do and not just who you are. You never feel truly satisfied just being there, just existing. You always feel like you have to constantly be working at something. And God forbid you ever become unemployed. Then you're essentially invisible. A homeless woman is often seen as more of a pity or someone to be sympathetic to. She must have been abused, had the unspeakable acts committed against her, etc. A homeless man? He's seen as a threat. 
he's seen as an outcast. There's little sympathy, even though oftentimes he may have gone through those exact same issues as the woman. It often feels like, on a certain level, society tends to see any problem that women have as being externally caused, whereas men's issues are often seen as his own failures or doings, etc. Men's problems are seen as being internally caused. Men are seen as having more control, which can be beneficial if you're wanting to be in a position of esteem and power, but it can also be harmful if you're struggling with mental illness or just to make ends meet. And that's why, I think, we so often refuse to seek help. We don't want to admit that a problem might be there, because we're afraid it'll turn into an indictment of ourselves, and no one will sit there and say, it's not your fault, you're good enough, you're valuable just as a human being. Because I've never felt that a man's life is seen as unconditionally valuable. It's valued so often based mostly on what he does, or failing that, doesn't do. Women and children, by contrast, are valued just by being. It's a bitter pill to swallow once you grow up and become a man. You still remember being valued, but it's just not there anymore. You're supposed to have all this control, but you don't. Eventually, that pill all too often becomes literal. That's why we turn to Green Herb, Doing the Deed, Video Games, Painkillers, Adult Flicks, The Internet, Social Media, Alcohol, Smack, wherever we can escape to and pretend that we have control through or value in. We're taught from a young age that things don't happen to you, they happen because of you. You've got a raise at work? Clearly you're a hard worker. Have a wife? Obviously you wooed her correctly. Got divorced? You messed up. She just fell out of love with you? You should have fought harder for her. You're depressed? You need to suck it up. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I thought you would like called The Reslayer's Take. It's a brand new all-ages actual play from Critical Role that follows a new group of adventurers within Exandria. After six misfit mercenaries are rejected from the elite monster hunting group The Slayer's Take, they band together and battle supernatural creatures across the rugged continent of Isilra. It has fresh adventures for a longtime critter or is a perfect first dip into the world of Critical Role. Check out the first episode if you like what you hear and make sure you follow The Reslayer's Take wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's so lonely. Hugely important issue. Everyone, and in my opinion, especially men, should read this recent article on loneliness from the New York Times. Now, I've noticed a couple of things that relate to this issue. First of all, I've observed men form deep friendships and relationships generally, through shared experience much more than talk. It simply doesn't feel like support if you're just talking to me about me unless we've seen some crap together, which is a key difference for women. I've observed women mostly feel the support of strangers, which does not happen for men. The void that is male loneliness can be filled by camaraderie of joint work on a project, of following a team or scientific, political, business venture for us nerds, all together, and of discussions or arguments that may seem idiotic or too distant to be the true issue. At this point, I'm mostly just talking out of my butt, but I remember that convincing men to talk about personal issues is usually like convincing a wall to talk. Instead, take me out to a movie, to a diner for a milkshake and a silver cup, Go to the freaking gym or to a cooking shop or craft class. Second, I want to talk about older men for a second with regards to loneliness. If the things I've said above apply to us 20-somethings, they apply tenfold to the generations before. Many older men have lost some or all of the friends that shared their experiences. 
To cancer, murder, time, etc., these friends are gone, and it is, or seems nearly impossible, to form a comparable replacement, so older men don't even try. They may form surface friendships at the bar, but as I said, that's hardly going to stretch the itch of loneliness. It might keep them going, but so many older men just look and act like husks of their former selves, because they no longer have friends. This issue is huge. Interesting thoughts. Here in Australia, we have this phenomenon called a manshed, to help older men deal with loneliness. It's usually run by a local community and provides, usually older men, with a place to work on projects in a social setting. It's been quite effective in preventing and treating depression, from what I understand. Also, picking up hobbies like amateur astronomy, etc. can be a conduit to forming more meaningful friendships. A lot of my guy friends are simultaneously very lonely and seem very intimidated by the prospect of even trying new things. Initiatives like the shed idea are great, as are trying out adult classes for something you've been curious about for a long time. I think most women would be surprised to learn that our pee doesn't always come out in a nice, steady, straight stream. My wife still assumes I have no aim because of the times where it may be coming out in more of a splash manner, or the stream is just completely directed haywire. Does anybody else get splash on their shins? It's really gross when I'm wearing shorts. Gross when you feel it on your shins, but for me it's worse realizing after it also happens when you wear jeans, but you just don't feel it. You have to be scared of kids. For example, one time I was in the supermarket and a little kid came up and told me he was lost. But because people jump to call men kiddie diddlers here in the US, instead of walking the kid to the front or trying to help him find his mum and dad, I had to tell him to stand there and not move, and I went to the front and got an employee. Now here's the craziest thing. The first employee I found was a male, and his response was, Hang on, it's store policy that male employees don't handle these situations. So he had to go and get a female employee who then helped the kid out. I asked the guy after why that was the policy, even though I kind of knew the answer, and he explained to me that it's happened just before in this store alone, where a male employee had gone to comfort a crying kid or help them find their parents, and either the parents or a stranger had accused them of trying to kidnap them. So if you haven't thought about this before, there you go. Now if you see a guy walking past a kid who's lost, you know why they might have just walked past them. It's not a lack of wanting to help, it's the intense fear of being falsely labeled something. Well, here's a few. Number one, how much crap we give each other as banter from a young age. Borderline bullying at times, but it's definitely helped us to man up. Number two, not every guy is a handyman. Number three, buddy issues affect us greatly. It's overlooked as we don't often share it, as we generally don't have the same level of emotional support that women provide each other. Four, most common advice we have is to just deal with it. How awkward it is to cry or be emotional in front of other people, even in situations where it would be normal, such as funerals. Usually bottle that stuff up and save it for when you're alone, and then let it out so no one sees. When my dog died, I went with my family and girlfriend at the time. I was 20. After they put him down, I went out of the room and cried in my girlfriend's arms. I apologized heavily for it over and over. Even when talking about it with a friend later, I tried to downplay the crying and he told me, what do you expect for me to tell you to F you for crying, you, you sissy B-word? Your goddamn dog died. Of course you cried. Probably the first intimate initial moment I had with my now husband was when we first started dating. His grandfather died. Husband's ex-girlfriend showed up to his grandpa's funeral, and they ended up doing the deed. He was so messed up over it. I called him later to ask how he was doing, and he told me all of it and lost it crying. I drove over and comforted him, but the fact that he trusted me enough to tell me what happened and to cry in front of me really stuck with me. 
He kept apologizing. I'm not sure if it was over doing the deed with his ex or crying, but I was like, holy crap, you have nothing to apologize about. We hadn't decided to be exclusive at that point and told him I still cry about my mom from time to time and that's okay. It's so incredibly messed up the way society expects men to downplay or deny their own grief or sadness. Tears are a testament to the depth of a relationship or connection. It's total bullcrap that they're not okay to shed. How much stress a man can undergo without a mental breakdown. My wife stays at home with the kids and I work 65 hours a week so we can live in the suburbs. She has no idea how hard it can be to say no to her or the kids because money is tight. It breaks my heart sometimes to not be able to give them everything they desire. My wife could never understand how tough that can be on me. Feeling like I'm not doing enough or not man enough to provide. Tough crap. Life as a dad and a man. Sole breadwinner. It can be tough mentally and physically. My wife works hard. She takes care of our kids and our house. She also pays the bills. But I'm so tired. Always. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.